welcome to this brand new podcast. My name is Sal. I am a registered holistic nutritionist, yoga instructor, and social sciences student. I have a love and passion for all things fitness, wellness, mentally, physically, emotionally, being your best self. And I decided to start this podcast because I've been getting a lot of amazing questions from some of my nutrition and lifestyle clients, and I decided to not only post some of those answers on my blog, which is at naturallysal.com, you can read those, but I also realized that some people, especially in this day and age, don't really have all the hours in the world to sit there and read a blog. Some people love it, other people just wanna hear something easy in the car on their way to work um, or even on their walk. So I decided, you know, what better way than to basically put it in a podcast as well. And we can, you know, sit and chat about all things health and wellness. And by the way, if you have any questions that you'd like to uh, ask me and I could go over it in the next podcast, you could basically just send me a DM at naturallysal on Instagram and you could be the next question that I answer on the next episode. So today's episode, I'd like to go over how to change the calorie density of your meals. So an easy way that I help clients lose weight without tracking macros, without tracking calories, and by the way, some of my clients love tracking and it is super useful, it's a great tool for them, Others do not like it and it's very triggering for them. So for those that don't like to track, um, an easy way to help them lose weight or even gain weight, whatever their goal is, is to be aware and educated on the calorie density of different foods. So different foods contain varying calorie density. And in this in this um, episode, I'd like to share some ways that you could actually change the calorie density of the exact same foods by doing certain things to them. So the first thing is water. So taking away water from foods increases the calorie density, also making it easier to eat more of that food. So for an example, dehydrated fruit is actually more calorically dense than fresh fruit. And so one cup of grapes, which is full of water, is going to have 104 calories. And one cup of raisins, which is dehydrated, is going to have 434 calories. Um, And if you're looking at the blog post, you could see some visuals that I put up there. Um, But basically, dehydrated starches are more calorically dense than wet starches um, and also dehydrated veggies are more calorically dense than fresh veggies. It makes sense. There are less calories in a pound of baked potatoes than there are in a pound of somewhat dehydrated baked potato fries. So this is why it's so easy to eat more baked potato fries than just a baked potato. the water has been taken out more so in the fries than the baked potato. There are less calories in a cup of steamed zucchini than there are in a cup of dehydrated zucchini chips. 
So you get the point. <laughs> and in the same way that by removing the water, you increase uh, the calorie density, by adding water, you're going to be decreasing the calorie density. So this is why I'm saying it works both ways depending on your goal. So if you were to rehydrate those grapes that we talked about before, their calorie density would decrease and the raisins would be filled with water, meaning that it would now take less of those raisins to fill an entire cup. So their calorie density would now be similar to that of the grapes. So adding water to dry oats makes it less calorically dense than eating the dried oat flakes. Not that you want to, but just saying. Adding extra water to already cooked oatmeal, let's just say you already made oatmeal, you set it aside, and then you came back, you added just a little bit of hot water to that oatmeal, mixed it around, it would make it even more, uh, even less calorically dense. So it's easier to eat and overeat banana oat cookies made from dried oats and banana that will be baked and dehydrated even more than it is to eat that same amount of dried oats, then cook it in water, but not bake it, and then top it with a fresh banana. So in essence, what we're, what we're really trying to get at here is that you want to remember that it's all about volume and an increase in water increases the overall volume which also helps you feel just more satiated and more like you're eating um, a bigger meal but stay with me here because you know you don't want to go too too far with this because it could actually mess with your digestion if you go overboard with us so the next one is fiber so typically the foods that are higher in fiber have a lower calorie density. So examples are vegetables, fruits, whole starches, whole grains, legumes, and all of that. So the intact fiber helps to decrease the calorie density and the calorie absorbability, especially when in the presence of water. So as an example, a whole fresh apple has a lot of water and fiber, making it a lower calorie density food. And if we take that same apple and we dehydrate it, you keep the fiber, but you lose the water. Now you've increased the calorie density. So just um, be mindful of the fact that just because something has a lot of fiber, it doesn't always mean that it is low in calorie density. Some food brands love adding fiber to their packaged food because they know that many customers are looking for um, foods that are labeled as high fiber foods and those tend to sell really well. Um, so something like whole wheat bread can have lots of fiber but it's also a higher calorie density food and if you're looking to lose weight it is advised that you're getting your high fiber foods from whole food sources. Next, we're going to be talking about blending and grinding. Um, yeah, hello smoothie bowls with, you know, blended up fruits and, you know, all the granola. <laughs> blending and grinding anything can increase the calorie density of that food. 
This is because you're taking a whole food source, most likely dehydrated, which means less water, and then you're processing it down to an even smaller volume. So an obvious example of this is if you've ever taken oats, like the oat flakes, and then you've grinded them up into oat flour to maybe make like, I don't know, oatmeal cookies or something. It's a very, it's a significant volume difference. Or an even more obvious difference is smoothies versus that same volume of the same fruit before it was blended. So by blending and grinding the foods, you are essentially adding some artificial teeth or jaws to the process and having that blender or grinder do the chewing work for you. This chew part actually plays a massive role in your brain and body being able to regulate your appetite and intake. So by skipping out on the chewing, you're not going to get the same fullness cues. And additionally, these foods are pretty much pre-digested. So <laughs> that makes them even more easily absorbed by your body and your gut. So very little effort is required. So it's like a really easy way to absorb a, a lot of calories. And this is amazing, by the way. Again, we're gonna go back to your goals here. This is amazing if you're an athlete or like a runner that really needs to quickly absorb some rapid fuel before a race or a workout. But it's not so great if you're a sedentary desk worker who, you know, is just sitting on your laptop all day and is just trying to easily and sustainably lose weight without having to work very hard, um, without having to go hungry, just trying to keep the weight off sustainably. So with those things in mind, how can you use this knowledge to your advantage? First things first, I just want to put a disclaimer. Just because something has a less water or less fiber or it's been blended or ground up it doesn't make it inherently bad or evil, okay? The reason why I share this with you is to explain that just because something is labeled as healthy and you see all the fitness people on Instagram eating it, hello smoothie bowls, it doesn't mean that it is the best food to be consuming regularly to help you reach your personal goals. So, you can use calorie density to reach any goal. It's useful to understand this calorie density thing regardless of whether or not your goal is to lose, maintain, or gain weight. Calorie density is a topic of nutritional knowledge that you could learn about, educate yourself on, and consider implementing it in some areas of some of your meals. However, it is not something to get obsessed over or just to declare a war against a high calorie density foods. Don't be adding tons of water to all your foods. Not a good idea. And that attitude would probably stress you out and be incredibly unsustainable. Newsflash, most of people's favorite foods or even just foods they eat on a regular basis some of those foods are higher in calorie density. It's, again, not evil or bad in any kind of way. Just something to be aware of. And I'm going to give you some tips in just a little bit. So secondly, this attitude of hyperfixating on calorie density would 
probably not be a great idea for your digestion because too much water and too much fiber can give a lot of people digestive issues. So again, don't take this too far. This is where you want to be using calorie density in conjunction with your own intuition and what your body needs at this current point in time to make you feel your best physically while also optimizing for and reaching your goals. And if you need my help in reaching your goals, please go over to naturallysal.com and I'd be more than happy to schedule you in for a discovery call and help you get to your ideal dream body, get your health on track. We can work on all your personal goals. But let's, let's just talk about some practical ways to use calorie density to lose weight. Firstly, you could start by eating the veggie portion of your meals first, first at every meal. So most people save their veggies for last and some people don't even eat their veggies at all. And this might be super obvious, like eat your veggies first, Um, but just from a calorie density standpoint again if you're not tracking your food you're not like weighing or portioning out your plate ahead of time you're just kind of eating intuitively if you're eating your veggies first you're automatically going to be lowering the calorie density of that meal because you're naturally going to have less space for other things afterwards Now, in contrast, having all your whole starches or fats first usually leads to consuming fewer fewer, like veggies and calories from veggies afterwards. So again, going back to your goals, if your goal is to actually like put on muscle or put on some healthy weight, then you might actually want to use calorie density for the reverse effect where you're eating the whole starches or fats first and then eating your veggies second. Now, even if your goal is to build muscle or is to gain some healthy weight, you still want to be eating veggies. But just again, being mindful of how you could use calorie density to your advantage and to achieve your goals. So if on on the, on the, you know, On the tail end of that, if you happen to have a higher calorie meal, be sure to add in lots of veggies to help balance out the calorie density of the entire meal. So for example, you're chilling, okay, having a good day, and your family and your kids are just like, oh my god, let's have a pizza night, and you're like, okay, don't just eat the pizza. I'm a big fan of, you know, making your lifestyle work you but if your goal is to lose weight don't miss out on you know family fun but also be mindful of like don't just eat the pizza have a big salad or veggies on the side with some pizza um again maybe an obvious tip but don't drink your calories (laughs) um chew your food because this activates your digestive enzymes to get ready to work Therefore, slowing down the digestive process and keeping you fuller for longer. Likewise, blending foods won't provide the same satiety level as the same amount of food that's been chewed. So, i.e. smoothies. Turn the same fruits that you were going to put into that smoothie into a beautiful salad, fruit salad, and chew on it. Overall, limit 
your high calorie dense foods. So this is especially your oils. Oil is not really a health food. Um, your processed foods, your nuts, your seeds, your avocado, your coconut, your high fat, high sugar foods. Again, I do want you to have some of these regardless of what your goals are. Um, it's not about completely cutting everything out. I do want you to have some of these and enjoy life, but limiting them to a balanced amount will yield the best results if you're looking to lose weight, especially if you've chosen not to count calories or track your macros on your journey. That's everything that I have for today's podcast, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really appreciate you being here. And please let me know if you have any questions or ideas for upcoming podcasts. I would love to deliver some useful, helpful, um, informative episodes for you guys. So let me know what you want to hear. And thank you. Let's chat soon. Bye.